What is the Podcaster Matrix? The Podcaster Matrix is your source for podcast media hosting. Get your entire podcast library hosted now at podcastermatrix.com. Are you troubled by pop culture references you don't understand? Does trying to figure out a good jumping on point in a long running comic series keep you up at night? Have you or your friends or family seen a comic book based movie, TV show, or cartoon and not known what was going on? If the answer is yes, then this is the podcast for you. My Big Fat Pull List. Our assembly of knowledgeable hosts are eager to help answer all your comic book based pop culture questions. We're ready to geek out with you. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, and of course, our loyal listeners, to another edition of my Big Fat Pull List podcast. It's me, Mr. X. I'm Smurfy. Dr. Impact. Pistol Danger. This is a special occasion, folks, because this is the first time we are doing a review of a single issue of a comic book. This is our... In your face, first impression, single issue review. And of course, where this podcast is concerned, the first episode of this type has to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin, number one. It can't be anything else. It has to be that. Even though I'm Mr. X and I'm known to be the mutant lover, we all grew up loving one facet or another of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm -hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, I think no, there's right. no, yeah. No. <laughs> Silence on that, man. You can't. That's right. Cause, cause I'm not wrong. We all love the turtles in one fashion or another. So I am extremely excited to get to talk not only to all of you, my fellow geeks about this, but then for the listers to experience it as well. So we have a Patreon. If you feel the need to want to help support the show, go for it. If not, no problem. You're still going to be able to hear this show. Exclusive content over on Patreon. Also exclusive content over on YouTube. Let's get to it. Let's talk about how fucking great it was, gentlemen. <laughs> I think we already talked about Ronan. Does anybody remember who called the last turtle being who? I, I thought it was Raphael. Okay. That was my guess. I think I thought Michelangelo or Donatello. And then Dr. Impact and I were very firmly on the, it's, it could only be one turtle and it's yeah. Michelangelo. Okay. Yeah, I think that's right. Cause it was two Michelangelo's, one Raphael and one like Donatello, yeah. I think. Okay. Let's also talk about when was the last time that you read a single issue of a comic book that was so universally loved by everyone? Yeah. I, X-Men number one. Uh, when I went to pick up my book, I was a day late, and by the time I picked it up, I was offered $70 for the book. Wow. To, saying I could possibly get $80 for it already, and I didn't even ring it out the register yet. And that's just the regular cover. Yeah. First printing, regular cover. Yeah, like on Thursday, not even like a week later, like that Thursday. I would also like to point out that that's raw. That's ungraded. 
Yeah. Yeah. A part of me feels that that's more of a money angle on collectors who only collect comic books to make a buck. Right. Which I'm going to make this, I'm going to make this very clear. If that's how you run your collection, if you buy a bunch of copies, one for yourself, one for just in case, and then a bunch to sell online, and that's how you can continue to afford to live in your mother's basement, not have a real job, and still collect comics, I won't fault you for that. I will. Fuck you. You're a scalper, and I despise you. Because you have cost me so many things. And cue the mail. We'll get all the mail. Uh, pers- <laughs> you know what? I'm actually going to have to be on on pistol side on no, this. No, I'm. One. I'm. I mean, joking aside, I am too. I I just went through it with an issue of Nightwing because it it tied into the Joker War, and you know it was selling. I ended up buying a second print because I didn't really care. I just wanted the story. But the you first just wanted print, the story. Yeah. yeah, but the first print was selling for thirty dollars, like the week after it came out, and I thought I'm not spending thirty dollars for a brand new book just because some scalper thinks that you know it's a hot item, and in two weeks it'll drop down to like seven bucks. Right, like a couple bucks over the asking that's, break. That's stupid, and that's half of what Smurfy got offered in store, ungraded, yeah. day after. Now, yeah. I will say though that I don't think it's going to die down for this book. This no. one won't. No, no. Then, and this is also another one of those, how many damn variant covers do you need? And, mm-hmm. oh my God, I want so many of these variant covers. <laughs> and I want them all, right? But yeah. it is nice though, in the back of the book, you, you know, they, they're small, but you, you know, you do, they show you, you all of them. So you do right. kind of have You can them. at least get to see yeah. all of yeah. them. Yeah. And experience all of them. So yes, we're getting the negativity out of the way first because I know for me, there is nothing but love for this story. This was kind of one of those things to where even though I wasn't wrapped in a warm blanket of nostalgia feels, while I was reading this, I felt I felt like a kid. Mm-hmm. Okay. I am a 41-year-old man, <laughs> and this is the first time in a long time that I have picked up a comic book, started reading it, and reverted to feeling like an 11 or 12-year-old again. Mm -hmm. Okay, gentlemen, let's ask then, complete spoilers on the table. Let's let's just say it again. What was one of your favorite things about this issue? And I'll go first. And it's the turtles being in the shadow background as Mm. he talks to them. Yeah, yeah. That was I, cool. I love that. That it, it's such a great plot point for the character because right. Not only because we all know the 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 term. Oh, you're haunted by your past. Mm-hmm. But in this book, Michelangelo is haunted by the death of his brothers, not his family, because you don't see him talking to Master Splinter. Right. Mm-hmm. You constantly see three other turtles in the background with him as he goes through this impossible mission. Yeah. Smurfy, what was your favorite? One of your favorite either moments or just something you noticed in the comic? Uh, I loved it when you fought the Mousers. 
because that mm. took me back to being a kid watching the cartoon again. Oh, okay. like the yeah. mouser attack, and he used like every, one of every weapon to the, fight the mousers. The new flying mousers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, flying mousers. That's yeah. new. That's new. Yeah. <laughs> Why did no one ever think of that? <laughs> Doctor Impact. It's hard to pinpoint a moment because the damn thing is a is a locomotive of excitement. I mean, it never lets up. It's never down. It's never slow in any way. So I'm going to actually pick something about the book as a whole. The thing that I love so much is the change in art style towards the end. When our last Ronin turtle mm-hmm. ends up going into this almost astral plane-like world. Yeah. And it was like, obviously the layout is still, I mean, you can tell it's still in an Eastman layout, but it's so different from the rest of the book, and it feels totally different, but not forced in any way. It felt natural, and I, I just thought that that was a really nice touch and that's nothing against any of the other art. I mean, the art is spectacular throughout the entire book. But I, I love that. I love the color palette that was used in those pages. Uh, actually, I don't even know if it was multiple pages. It may have only been one or two pages. One page. It was a one-pager? Okay. One page. Uh-huh. It was very, very cool. I, I just, I really, really liked that moment. It's yeah. also your last clue. Mm-hmm to discern who the last Ronin is before the reveal on the final page of the book. And you, I mean, you really have to be looking at it because you see one turtle talking, they've got one of those belts with a strap. So it's like, Oh, mm-hmm. yep. well, that's either Donatello or Leonardo. Exactly. And you see another turtle with a strap. It's like, Oh, okay. Yep. So we got two of them. Yep. So it's not Leonardo. It's not Donatello. So the last Ronin can only be Raphael or Michelangelo. Well, and I think that there's a moment in there too where one of the turtles is is facing forward and you see on the front of the belt notches where size would go. the size would sit, but they're mm-hmm. empty. And if you're not looking close at it, you're not going to see it. But, it, you know, I, of course, was pouring over every individual pencil line and every panel i i i i have to be honest before i reveal my favorite part i have read this book three times (laughs) the first time was to just get it out of my system because i had waited because this book was like three months late right yeah there were a lot of delays uh hell there was an episode of our current issues where I hyped up this book because it was about to come out and then it got delayed another month. Well, and on top of it, it's been talked about for years. So it's got years of buildup too. Moving to my favorite moment. It's the last page. Mm. I hate to sound, I hate to sound narcissistic, but to know that I was right to know that the last Ronin is in fact, Michelangelo. I felt validation, not just because, hey, I guessed it right. No, I didn't guess. I put actual logic and deduction 
because I know the whole scope of the story. Mm-hmm. The, the original, the original plot of this was written by Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman years ago. Well, and I think that, you know, that leads to your, your idea of uh, some sort of sense of validation. It isn't validation so much as, yes, I was able to predict the ending. I was able to predict who the last Ronin is based on the history of the characters. And the writing in this book was so good that it tapped into those characters so that that outcome was natural and correct. So it isn't quite so much a validation of your thoughts as it is proof of how well it's written and how much they tapped into what the Ninja Turtles are. Everything that you said, I agree with, but then I'm still going to pile on my validation as a <laughs> lifelong Turtle fan. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm Mr. X. Fair enough. Fair enough. And if the X-Men didn't exist, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles would be the alpha and omega to my comic collecting. I live and breathe mutants, and that starts with the Turtles. It includes the X-Men, but it starts with the Turtles. All right. Knowing that it is Michelangelo that is the last Ronin hits me in so many different levels. Because Michelangelo, if you think about it, think about all the iterations of these characters. All the times they've been rebooted for another generation. Michelangelo is still the most, let's say, childlike, Mm -hmm. innocent type of character. For the longest time where my life has been concerned, Raphael, I've identified with Raphael because of the anger. He's just a character that's always angry and he can't explain why he's always angry. He just is. And that's how I have felt. That's how I have felt with dealing with anxiety and depression over the last two decades. I don't know why I'm angry. And I I relate with Raphael. But the thing is, though, is that when I was in my early 20s, I related solely with Raphael. As I got older, I realized, holy crap, I'm Michelangelo. I am that eternal kid. I love reading my comic books on a Saturday morning while cartoons are playing in the background while I'm eating overly sugared cereal. Mm -hmm. There are parts of me that will never grow up, and that is Michelangelo. So to see in this comic book that something so horrible has happened to the most innocent of characters to turn him into this one turtle wrecking machine that upon almost the end of this first issue, because he has failed his mission and failed to avenge his family, that he is going to commit Harry Carey. Holy shit. How does that not blow everybody else's mind? Yeah. I was thrown by that and I thought, you know, are we really doing this? And it looked like we were really going there. And I thought, well, if we're going to really do this, then what the hell are the next few issues? <laughs> if this is if this is how we're ending issue one, holy crap. I think you you really nailed it there. I mean, you take the, the lightest, most fun-loving character of the group and uh, and you turn them on, on their ear. And keep in mind, 
after one issue, one long, beautiful issue, mm. we still don't know what happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But because we're seeing it through Mikey's eyes, we are that much more interested to find out. Oh, it, it's so hard because there's so much to talk about about this one issue, and we're only kind of giving first impressions and, and thoughts. And is there something not... you would complain about? Is there is there a detractor? Yeah, is, there a, is, there, yeah. is there a downside? That's kind of what I'm thinking, and and my biggest detraction, and it's it's just it's a it's a mostly nitpicking thing. It's <laughs> when 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 Michelangelo steals the bike, and you hear, "Hey Jones, they stole your bike," and I'm like, "Oh, that's going to be Casey and April's kid." Sure as shit. It's Casey and April's kid, but I don't mind something like that, like foreshadowing or whatever you. Technically, want to call it. we don't know if it actually is right. April's kid. I was just saying, we know we, it's definitely yeah. a Jones. We know it's okay. a Jones, but we don't know for sure if it's April's. All right. Well, I guess we'll see it in issue two sometime next year. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and the other thing in December of 2020, we are getting the second print of issue one. Now, Mr. X, you said you've read it three times. I think that's my biggest detractor at this point is the fact that, you know, I have a copy and it's beautiful and I'm treating it with the kiddest of gloves because the thing is going like crazy. And should I ever fall on hard times and need to sell something, man, I don't want this to be dog-eared, but I want to reread it so badly. Well, I don't care how hard the times are. I'm being buried with this book. I'm, (laughs) I'm buying the second printing. It's essentially the same cover, but it's it's green instead of a red uh, skyline. And uh, I'm going to buy the second printing, and that's going to be my reader copy because it's this one is just so pretty and so clean. Kind of, I, I have the same thing with the tick. I have a second printing of tick number one. I want a first printing, but if I ever get one, I probably won't read it. Right, gentlemen. Did any of you have like a small nitpick other than wear and tear on your book? Nah, that's all I can come up with. Where's Casey Jones? <laughs> well, I think we have That's it. That, that was the only thing that was going through my head the whole time. Okay. You know, I'm like, where's Casey? I want to know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what to tell you guys. I thoroughly love this book. I was talked into this book originally by Mr. X when we first discussed it. And yep. the following week I went to my shop. I was like, Ninja Turtles Ronin, put it on my list. And they said, okay. And Good then thing you did. Right. Yeah. Yep. Same, same here. And I'm excited to see where this goes. I'm interested to see, I guess he's uh, Shredder's grandson in Mm -hmm. theory, what he has done, how he was able to defeat the Turtles. And it's weird because I also want to know if it was a a turtle cleansing or a mutant cleansing in general. You know what I mean? There's so many questions that I'm so excited to, to find more answers to. And exactly how much time has passed? How long did it take? Right. I and mean, obviously, Shredder's grandson has to be old enough to be an adult. But, you know, a turtle, you can't really tell how old he is. I mean, you can tell he's right. older, but we don't know. And, and when they show April, obviously she's older, but you can't really tell in that one panel is she in her 50s? Is she in her 70s? I, I can't really tell. So, how much time. How long did it take to do whatever it is that he did? Yeah, because you can't really tell. There's not, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of gray in April's hair, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of lines on her face. And some people hold their hair, some people dye it. Uh, True. So, uh, again, it could be, this could take place 40 years in the future. 
that's the thing that I, because you guys know, we've done enough podcasts about future stories. You know, I am obsessed about stuff that takes place in the future because of that whole what if. Mm-hmm. And this is a what if story. This is the, and, and issue one. They give us so much that to know that there are three more issues mm-hmm. that can fill in at least some of those gaps. I'm not expecting all of them to be filled in because then you there, where's the mystery? Right. Because with this being based off of the original script by Eastman and Laird, you know that they updated it. You know that they changed it. So where does the last Ronin fit in timeline wise? Is this a story from the original Mirage run? I was wondering that too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or is this the story of the current IDW version of the Ninja Turtles? I was wondering that too, because that flash shot, that flashback, not flashback, but the other world Astral the astral plane, plane type that, yes. that yeah. felt a lot like the current stuff yeah mm-hmm. but the rest of it feels more like yeah so yeah that's that'll be an interesting question to get answered so that'll be something that we'll delve into further as we continue these reviews of this miniseries where our first impressions for each of these issues are concerned and and that's the thing I love about issue one is it leaves you wanting, not only leaves you wanting more, but asking those questions. Mm-hmm. Where does this fit in? And I think we're going to find out in December. And I don't know about you guys, but I cannot wait. Oh, yeah. I, I have to distract myself because I, I, I want I want this to come out now. I want it all to be out and available. I want... I want it now, and you can't tell me I can't have it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, this is where we're going to stop and ask you guys. Have our listeners, our beautiful, lovely listeners, have you read it? Were you able to pick it up? And if so, what are some of your favorite things about this book? Or, you know what, shit, what are some things you hate about this book? Yeah. Let us know. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, our website. Well, that's going to wrap it up for our very first in-your-face single issue, our first impressions review episode. And of course, it's all about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles presents The Last Ronin. We will be doing more of these. Not only are we going to finish The Last Ronin miniseries, we'll be doing this with other miniseries. And and maybe, maybe we'll jump into other stuffs but for right now we'll we'll just stick to miniseries because it's a little bit easier for us to yeah to actually handle miniseries are easy so until next time turtle fans i am mr x i'm smurfy dr impact pistol danger cowabunga dudes booyakasha that's our show folks tell your friends and family about our program What he means is you and everyone you know should subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on every app possible. Want to help support the show? Visit our Patreon page. We have a variety of incentives at multiple tiers, sure to satisfy any and all hardcore geeks. You can also follow us on social media where we post weekly comic picks, breaking news stories, and glimpses into our everyday geek lives. Until next time. 
keep your turtle shells waxed. <laughs> your power rings charged. And your proton packs primed. Ooh, what's this do? No, Smurfy, not the containment unit. <laughs> <laughs> 